Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. NFL. Derek's team, and I understand that. I understand that going in. And um, like I said, I think for me, my priority going into free agency was to be a part of a team that I felt could bring out the best in me. Whatever happens, whatever comes to that, uh, I'm ready for it. And, but I do know that to play starting quarterback in the NFL, to, to be at that spot, is not an easy job to do. When it comes down to it, a strong, stable, supportive quarterback room makes that job a whole lot easier and that's what we have to do and i'm gonna do my best to support Derek in every possible way that i can that's marcus mariota right there out in tennessee he's landed with the raiders and in that interview he says he is definitely the backup there's no competition pk when i hear him say you know an organization strong organization good place to play quarterback and all that i hear hey i want to learn from john gruden and and reinvigorate my career all those years of Gruden doing all those uh, ESPN shows with the quarterbacks coming out in the draft, he's definitely got the rep of he knows how to handle quarterbacks, and Mariota went there for a reason, I think. Well, yeah, and that's to get a paycheck. And uh, so uh, when I hear that, I'm thinking, I'm going to cut this guy. I want my guys to come in and compete for a starting job. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'll tell you what. You better come in here, and you're going to com- compete from the first snap to the last snap, and you're going to be thinking you're going to play. I'll tell you what. That's what I'm thinking. Tampa Bay Buccaneers expected to keep defensive tackle in the no. suit. One year, $8 million. He's 33 years old. Key part of the Bucks defense a year ago. And the Cowboys and starting quarterback Dak Prescott have resumed contract negotiations for the first time since the team used exclusive franchise tag on him earlier this month. Prescott wants a five-year deal. Uh, Cowboys want Prescott on a five-year deal. His agent, Ian Prescott, want a four-year deal. Currently scheduled to make $26.8 million on the franchise tag. But, of course, no long-term security. No long-term guaranteed cash. I want a five-year deal. In fact, I'll even take a four-year deal. Yeah, well, you're not Dak Prescott, so sorry about that. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Washington State senior safety Bryce Beekman died yesterday after being found in his Pullman apartment. Officers responded to a call for help involving breathing problems. There were no signs of foul play, according to authorities. Beekman started all 13 games for the Cougars in 2019 after transferring from Arizona Western Junior College. And, of course, this is now a couple times recently. They've lost a player, the suicide of their former quarterback. Uh, This is just a... Just a terrible thing to have to deal with, especially for a college football team. For anyone, but especially for a college football team. I agree. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. No one is hurt more than LeBron James because he's not getting any younger. And people want to look at, oh, he's only 35, 36 next year. No, don't look at the number of the age. Look at the wear and tear. It's his 17th season. I think next year in his 18th year, he'll be very good. History and and logic tells us 
LeBron's going to get a little bit worse. This year is probably LeBron's best chance to win a championship. That's Chris Broussard right there. Longtime NBA guys with Fox now. He's with ESPN for a long time. So the debate rages on. Hurt more, the Bucks or the Lakers? <laughs> this is a debate that rages on. It rages on because we have nothing else to talk about. <laughs> I, I, I'd probably downplay that a little bit. I don't know that I would say rages on. Rages I, on. <laughs> you TV people always trying to pump up stuff. That's just the way you guys are. Uh, it, the debate rages on. Uh, I, it, this deal here, if he doesn't get this opportunity, I don't know how he lives. <laughs> to have to settle with what he's accomplished in his basketball life, it's just not good enough. And the shame, the ridicule, the scorn that he'll have to deal with. Are we raging? Is that good? Yeah, that wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. How about other you, verbs? How about instead of rages on, what do you think about waddles on? Stumbles on. Goes? <laughs> Goes on. Uh, I mean, everybody's hurt. You know, how, how about the, the usher who can't pay a bill now? Or the restaurant over, owner down by the uh, arena that's struggling? I mean, that, that, that that's something that, come on, man. Let's keep it in some kind of perspective. Especially, especially on the 41st anniversary of Magic vs. Bird in the Huntsman Center, March 26th, 1979. 41 years ago, the eyes of the basketball world came together and focused on the Huntsman Center. Did you watch the game? Uh, no, I did not, actually. Oh, I see what you're doing. You're too busy with the ladies, of course. (laughs) (laughs) No. Did you watch it? I don't remember. Oh, really? I remember watching the Final Four, but I didn't see the title game. All right, uh, other news. Uh, Detroit Pistons forward Christian Wood has fully recovered from COVID-19, is feeling great, according to his agent. Wood was the third NBA player to test positive for the COVID-19 after Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. Yahoo has a story out that there's a, uh, an unnamed photographer, cameraman, who did the post-game interviews in the Jazz locker room. And Yahoo's reporting that he's tested positive, according to a friend. He's hospitalized right now. So, which one of them had it first, and how did the others get it, and was there somebody else in the arena, and that's it. I don't think that's anything we're ever going to be able to go back and discover. But that's uh, four people from that game now in Detroit who've uh, tested positive, if Yahoo's right about this photographer on top of everybody else. Also, we've got people uh, declaring for the NBA draft. Onyeka Okongawa, the USC freshman who uh, posted big numbers, 16 points, yeah. eight and a half boards, and uh-huh. uh, he's got size, he's athletic. He's one and done, baby. He's out onto the NBA. I saw, well, it's still early on the mock drafts and stuff, and we had uh, Pace Mannion uh, yesterday and then just now saying he doesn't, watch or listen I guess look is the best word at that stuff and I get it because his kids involved whereas I just eat that stuff up left and right and uh, I've seen many where that kid that you just mentioned is listed as the top player coming out of the conference 
and uh, looking like he's going to be definitely a top tenner. Potential other top ten guys from the conference. The kid from Washington, Isaiah Stewart, who I don't think has officially announced yet whether he's coming out. I could be wrong on that, but I don't think that I've seen that where he said he's going to come out. I found that I did not realize when we were talking to Pace when he was talking about how you get evaluations. What I took from that is that they literally get 30 evaluations because I didn't, I didn't know how that worked. And I knew that the NBA could review you and tell you where you're going to go, where they think you're going to go. Uh, and in the end, it doesn't really matter where you go as long as you go because you get the opportunity to play. But I just thought it was like a one, uh, one analysis. Mm-hmm. But from talking to Pace, it seemed like it was literally 30 analysis. And here's where 30 teams, and then you make the decision based on the, the combination of 30 teams. I was not aware that there was that detail to process with every club. Once he said it, it made sense to me. Who, was the, who would provide the one in the NBA, especially when there isn't consensus? Because there right. is consensus that some of the guys coming out, like, dude, you're top ten. You know, and other people are like, well, you're, you're not going to get drafted. But then there's this gray area. You know, people who think they're first-rounders who slide to the second. People who think they're lottery. You know, one team's got them in the lottery and one team's got them in the 20s. That's why we always hear that quote that everybody loves so much about, we had a much higher on our board. Well, of course there's disagreement once you get to player 11 or 19 or 28. And, of course, they're all over the board there. And I'm still waiting for the first GM to say we had a much lower. We thought, what the hell, we'd give it a shot now. <laughs> My owner hates me anyway. I'm on the way out. I'm getting fired, so you know what? Whatever. <laughs> and it, as far as Pace's kid goes, the kid's going to get drafted. And in the end, it really doesn't matter whether you drafted 10th or 20th. I, I don't think it does. I think it much, as he was saying, I agree with him 100%. It matters, you know, where are you going as far as that goes and what's going to be your position. And, you know, you look at Donovan Mitchell, goes 12th. Well, he goes to a great situation where Hayward's gone. They need somebody. He comes in. I mean, the timing couldn't have been better for Mitchell to not just obviously make the team but play, but also succeed and flourish. Maybe not so much now it's a surprise, but at the beginning maybe it was because he came in a situation that was just ready-made. And so that's way more important than where are you going drafted? Are you going to go 8th? Are you going to go 12th? Because who really cares? And any money that you didn't make at that time, well, in you know when your next contract comes up, if you flourish the way Mitchell has, then, then you're going to recoup that and far more. So who, as long as they say you're going to go in the first round and, and you've got 30 evaluations and 28 of them say you're going to go, that's plenty good to me. Yeah, Dave Rose uh, said that the thing that's really changing, you know, things are always changing, but the most recent change is these two-way contracts. And he he thinks a lot of players look at it and think, well, I think I'm going to be drafted in X spot. But even if I slide, even if I'm on a two-way contract, I'm making 175 grand. I don't have to go to class and tests and all that. And I get to practice and lift and watch video full time. I'm going to become a better player faster. And I'm making 175 grand. And I'm in an NBA system and NBA people are getting to see me. So there's uh, more of a target than ever for guys coming out of college and finding a way to stick in or around the league. I'd be nervous about that two-way deal, though, because they can't keep you on that forever. And how many two-way guys 
are actually in the league. Now, it just started, so I don't know that not just, but it's re- right. It's still recent. new. I don't know that we have a basis of that. And you know, if you're in a, fi- a family situation where X amount of money is almost to the point of survival or not, then absolutely go. And uh, but if you don't have to necessarily worry about that, uh, you know, you look at a kid like Mika. He's gotten literally one game, and he gave up two years of eligibility to go play before 500 people in a, in a gym that just doesn't have the energy. And would it have been would it not necessarily better pro-wise or financially, but would have been better for your lifestyle if you played in college in front of you know, 15,000 people and every game was a big deal, and you have these lifetime memories now. Uh, that uh, you know he didn't really have that many of them I mean everybody has to answer that individually I can't say XYZ is right or wrong it depends on what your individual situation is but you know there's something to be said for staying if the money is not that big of a deal anytime money's involved I don't tell anybody what to do I mean I don't tell anybody what to do anyway but if they feel like they need to go go going to class is, is that so bad <laughs> I, I depends on what your situation is yeah, and to be clear, when Dave Rose was saying it, to me, the way I took it, he was talking about right now. This is what kids are thinking. You know, you're right. In two or three years, there could be, who knows? Who knows what people will be thinking in two or three years? There might be, you know, more examples of, hey, you shouldn't go that way. But it's a relatively new thing. And right now, uh, players on the bubble are thinking, well, I'm at that, this is the minimum I'm going to get. So I'm, I'm going to go for it. All right, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 12 of the Zone. Hashtag Major League Baseball. We need to have um, a regular season uh, with a credible number of games. I think we should have a postseason format that focuses on providing the most possible entertaining product uh, to our fans at a very, very difficult time in our history. And uh, overall, I think our goal is to play as many baseball games as we possibly can, given the limitations uh, associated with the public health concerns. That's Rob Manfred. He was uh, did an interview on ESPN on SportsCenter. Uh, didn't put a number on it, PK. You know, a, a credible regular season, uh, an entertaining postseason, and he definitely said, you know, you got to be, you got to have a little versatility. You got to be able to roll with a little bit in the postseason. So I don't know that they'll go with the format they've got. It wouldn't surprise me if, with a really short regular season, especially if it gets down around 80 games or something that they end up with a 16-team tournament instead of eight or something like that. He definitely left the door open for doing something unique this year. Yeah, why not? Why not have some fun with it to draw some more attention to it? Uh, Jerry Colangelo, he's viewed as the godfather of sports in Arizona for very good reasons. And he had said years ago that he wanted to see a World Series where it was warm and have it be at one location. And so you don't have these umpires and baseball players where all the things you only things you see are the whites of their eyes because it's so cold, right? And so why not consider that? I mean, I think it goes back to what Adam Silver said, uh, what was it, last week when he did the interview, that they're open to suggestions and basically anything is on the table. So why not go in that direction, put stuff out there, and it, it's a one-shot deal, hopefully, for all of us. And, you know, even if you extended the season into November, I think under the circumstances, people don't want baseball in November. But 
this is an unusual set of circumstances. And if we had baseball in November, that would be a good thing. If we had whatever in November, it doesn't matter the sport. If where a sport is traditionally not playing then, but it is playing in November because it's of the situation that we're in, I think the public would embrace it, knowing that, okay, this is what we had to do to make good in this situation. And then plus two, as I said, for those people who have an opportunity to make extra money, that their money has been taken away from them because of this virus, great, awesome. And so do things that are different. Yeah, I've got no problem with that. The agent Scott Boris drew up a plan for a 144 or 162-game season that goes into uh, regular season ends around, like, Thanksgiving or something. The playoffs that start December, December 3rd yeah. and identified 11 warm-weather or dome stadiums where they could play. I can't believe they're going to go that late. Uh, the one thing that Rob Manfred said over and over early in the interview, he said um, that they've got – uh, epidemiologists at like three schools. It was Duke and a couple other schools, uh, MIT maybe, and that they're talking to the CDC about you know best practices. So they do what's make sure they do whatever is the best advice for the players, the managers, the fans, all the staff who would be involved in all that. And so the one thing that uh, Dr. Fossey, the immunologist who's on TV all the time now, said is that they're seeing in the southern hemisphere. They're seeing an increased number of cases, so he thinks the thing's going to go down a little as the weather gets warmer and then come back as the weather gets cooler again. So baseball might, might want to be careful about getting into late November and December. That might, that might be a problem. But from what Rob Manfred said and all the people they're talking to and listening to, whatever that info is, wherever that goes over the next month or two or three, they'll, they'll take that into account. Well, today is supposed to be opening day, and I'm sad because it's not. Opening day is one of my favorite days of the year. Yeah, it was going to be a full schedule. 30 teams, 15 games in action today. Everybody was going to be playing. but So you're going to have to pump me up because I'm down today. Hey, speaking of things that uh, could be uh, debated, things that they might alter on a one-shot basis just because of unusual circumstances, Ross Atkins, general manager in Toronto, Suggest seven-inning doubleheaders. What do you think? We see that in college baseball. Could you roll with that in the pros? See the minors as well. Well, we already yeah, see, see it in minors, AAA. right? Triple A. So yeah. could you see it in Major League Baseball? Yeah, why not? As I said, it's a, it's an unusual situation. So you do unusual things. I'm fine. Everyone's doing the same thing. And it, whoever wins the World Series, whoever wins the NBA title, this will be known as the funky year. So there's no way around it. It'll always be known as the funky year. So with that in mind, you're going to do funky things. I mean, play that funky music. Go ahead. Just do it. (laughs) All right, DJ PK, there you go. There is what is trending. And all the headlines are brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Morgan Scala, Utah defensive coordinator, joins us at 8 o'clock. Craig Bullerjack, TV voice of the Jazz at 8.30. Find out from Bowler how quarantine was. And at 9 o'clock, the Joe Ingles Show. Joe Ingles here at 9.05. Stay with us. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone.